Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. All right, here we go. Welcome back to She Loves the Grid. I am Claire. I'm Diane. Welcome. We are, welcome. We are fresh off, what, just an hour or so, maybe not even an hour after that race. And just as it's titled, I just want to go into you get a penalty oh my oh my everybody gets a penalty i mean this whole weekend i I feel drained i can't even imagine what the drivers feel like because i'm still trying to process things we don't even know where this podcast is going to go today it's just like there's so much to talk about we'll never get it done in an hour you you buckle up just buckle up get ready (laughs) gonna be a ride it's gonna be a ride so before we get into how was your week it was pretty good i mean after this weekend to be honest i don't know what the heck i did this week but um (laughs) it was a really it was a good week i yeah yay (laughs) i i I feel you i think mine kind of like dredgingly went by because it's uh even though i'm in germany i'm still still a u.s employee because i don't have all my visa stuff worked out yet so close so i have a 40 weekend um, um, so yeah, I, I was just kind of just doing everything I could to get to the weekend. So, and it's chilly, nice. It's what it's good weather, but it's just, you know, it's chilly for me. So it's yeah. just, yeah, it's good. Weather. Well, we're through another week and I'm so excited because I did forget to point out, I mentioned back to back races, but actually we have four races in five weeks. So July is amazing. My birthday weekend is the one weekend we don't have a race, which is good because I won't, be, I'll be busy doing something else, which we'll share um, later. But yeah, four races in five weeks, which we need to store up because then we start heading into the, um, into the summer break when we'll have major withdrawals. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's get going. So, yeah. uh, first so off this week, so much First off, they announced it right after SQ3 that the um, poor young man, uh, Delano, passed away during uh, that race at Spa, which is just heartbreaking. Um, yes. I have to say the, the moment of silence that did at the beginning of the race today was just. It, it was beautiful. I, I was so moved. Um, you know, this is not a driver that I know. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's young. He was 18. He's kind of just starting really trying to work his way up right to F1. Um, He's a Dutch driver. And when I saw that, I was like, what? I mean, that is just too young. And to have this be the second death in like four years in that same area, which also, you know, has claimed the lives of other drivers in the past. I just felt, I don't know, just heart, heartbroken, absolutely heartbroken. And I haven't looked to be honest, but I'm curious why they were racing. The weather looked terrible. Um, you couldn't. And I saw a small video of the wreck. It was his car just broke apart, and it was. I haven't. The been weather was so horrible. I saw a comparison too of um, when the race, when the F1 race was called in Spa, and because of the rain, and then this one, and the visibility was the exact same, like the yeah. exact same. Why? The the formula uh, was it formula regional European championship? Yeah, why that mm-hmm. organization didn't call it, but you know F one did. Yeah. 
These are younger. I think it's on the FIA to. I think it's on the FIA to call it, and and but whoever was supposed to call it, like, why are you not? You could have finished that. Excuse me, under a yellow flag, you could have, you know, if supposedly the rest of the track wasn't as bad as that area, but again, we know that 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 those corners are very tricky, especially in weather. So at the very least, why are you not double yellow flagging that area? So they have to go slow. Um, I haven't been able to watch the video. I don't, I don't know if I can. I just think this is, it's just so incredibly sad. And there were a lot of drivers, F1 drivers who were saying, you know, there's got to be changes at this, at this track. Some saying changes to the track, others just acknowledging that they shouldn't have been racing in the weather, but either way, um, just, oh my gosh, all my sympathy to his family and, and his friends and, and the teens, like just devastating. Yeah, very much so. It's too young and yeah, it's just, oh. okay. Got the, the sadness out of the way. Um, I, I did see what you've got next up here. I thought it was really cool about the, the, the fraud in the solar panels in Austria. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so sorry, like I'm still stuck on the, what we just talked about. Like to me, that's really sad. Lighten up with I know. Oh. Sorry, like I will get okay. Um, anyway, so F1 is trying something new. So I think a lot of us know that their F1 is trying to be net zero by 2030, and they're taking steps. We've talked about what they're doing with the tires. Um, uh-huh. Not only not having the the heated blankets, but also lowering the number of tires that the drivers have. But this weekend, they um, brought in a bunch of solar panels, this whole system that was supposed to provide like a 90% reduction or carbon reduction in operation of the paddock and the pit lane and the F1 broadcast area. So none of the um, teams brought their generators or whatever it is they bring, and they were using hydro-treated vegetable oil biofuel and 600 square meters of solar panels. So if you're watching um, F1 TV, they did show, um, I think it was in practice or um, qualifying on Friday, all of the solar panels. Um, So that was really cool. I kind of hope that they come out with a report afterwards to like, how did it work? I mean, I didn't see any issues with F1 broadcasting, uh, which is good. So I'm just kind of, I kind of hope that they bring out, you know, some sort of report to say this is, this is how it went. Um, yeah, I'd love to see the report out because I did say they did they did feature that on one of the F1 TV broadcasts. They showed the panel sitting on top of all the roasts yeah. there. And so I think it'd be cool because, I mean, that just shows the commitment and um, yes. to, to the, the net zero. And, and I mean, you've got the sun, might as well use it, right? Yeah, exactly. I wonder how it worked on the rainy day, though, on Saturday. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, it's true. Look at the biofuel too. Look at the biofuel too. Probably is a backup. That's true. It was kind of interesting to see the comments um, on this news story that went out because a lot of people were, you know, saying, "Well, so what? You know, you crisscross the world. You're here. You were in Europe. Then you go to Canada. Now you're back to Europe. Like hauling all of that stuff is is undoing everything that." you know, you're, you're planning to do with this, but, but it's a process is kind of my thought, right? Like it's not going to all take place at one time. You have to to deal with the schedule at a different time. You've got all of these contracts and you have to talk about weather and everything else. So I feel like the schedule will come 
and they will probably consolidate things a little bit more. But I mean, for now, why can't we try <laughs> try this? Well, that's part of, that's part of the net zero. As they talk about, it's the net zero, right? So there's there's so much they're doing to eat at. It, it's better than doing nothing, right? Because they're working on it by doing that instead of pulling electricity off the grid that's burning coal and carbon. They're doing something that's this, right? So it's 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 the whole netting it out, right? So. I just have to give it time. At least they're making an effort, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I just think, I think trolls like to be trolls. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways. So, okay. So this week, it feels like an eternity ago because this week, I think there was so much happening even before practice and, and the racing started, but it's like, so we're going to have to get through this, but it also feels like this happened years ago. So earlier this week, F1 started posting articles about Daniel Ricardo taking a seat at Alpha Tauri. So we talked about that last week. Um, ESPN posted it and, you know, we kind of talked about rumors and, you know, do we listen to him? Do we not? But then when you have like F1 start talking about it, do we think like a deal's already done? Do we think that Nick is, he doesn't have any more time left to prove himself? <laughs> like what thoughts? Do we yeah, think there's, there's even rumors about, um, I saw a rumor of Danny driving a, an RB in in Silverstone, but of course, after Checo's showing today, that that's a bunch of BS. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, and also, I think Lee, like Daniel, isn't their first reserve driver. That's Liam Lawson, and yeah. so you know that's something else. Is like, do you just skip over him because people were even talking about, oh, Checo's sick. Like, get Daniel in that car or put. Yuki in that car and put Daniel in an Alpha Tauri this weekend. And it was kind of like, Daniel's not even there. I think it was his birthday yesterday, by the way. Um, but there was so much happening. Like I didn't even post about it, but anyways, I don't even think he was there, but just the way the internet just exploded. Crazy. Yeah. All, all the crazy. theories, all the theories, so many theories. And like you said, to your point, Checo had a, I mean, he didn't have a great qualifying, but he had a very good weekend. And mm -hmm. I mean, we'll talk about my prediction, last minute prediction change, moron that I am um, <laughs> later. But, but uh, yeah, it's like, give, give some time. So everything that was being said at the beginning of the week, is it, it's just like null and void at this point. Checo's back. Like he, and he's sick. He's still not feeling great. He's hoping he can be better by Silverstone next week. So I, I think everything's a little too premature. People yeah. like to, to make things happen. But talking about that, so with AlphaTauri, Chatty Cathy, also known as Helmet Marco, um, was <laughs> out and about. I mean, so like we were saying earlier, that man's just senile or brilliant, like or a little bit of both. Like I just I can't tell, or and a jerk as well. Yes, I, no clue. I think he's I think he's both. To be honest with you, I think that he. He seems to come out with stuff like, or maybe they're putting him out there to go on these podcasts or talk to, to media to like share maybe like a soft launch of what <laughs> Red Bull and Alpha Tauri are planning. So and if people don't like it, they can go, oh, he's just out of his mind. Anymore. No, don't listen to him. <laughs> don't listen. But so he came out and he said, there's going to be a lot of changes at Alpha Tauri last year. We already know. Um, they're going to have a new uh, principal and um, who else is coming over there? Peter Bayer. Uh, he's a former 
president of F1. He's coming over there, but he said there's going to be new sponsors. There's going to be a new name. Um, so they said the direction is clear. It, you need to follow Red Bull as far as the regulations will allow. So designing the car, letting AlphaTauri design their own car, not good. They, they don't think that's the way to go. AlphaTauri has used some of Red Bull's old parts from previous seasons, but it sounds like they are really going to try to align the two teams as far as the design of the car as much as they can without getting into trouble. Um, um, maybe it'll take some of those fans out there who don't realize the two teams are connected. Oh my gosh, I've seen some of that too. And they're like, people don't realize the two are actually, you know, like, I don't know how feeder teams, sister teams, whatever you call them, and they'll, they'll understand how connected they really are. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of crazy. I'm curious about the name because they did used to be called Toro Rossi, and then they went to Alpha Tauri. Um, so I'm curious if they'll go back to Toro Rossi, which would be more along the lines of like Red Bull, like, you know, so we'll see what happens, but he didn't stop there. So our little friend Helmet also spilled the beans and said that Christian Horner is not a fan of Nick DeVries. Um, he didn't think it was the right thing to bring Nick onto AlphaTauri. And Helmet said, you know, looks like Christian was, was right in that category. So, um, then I think he also mentioned that they were not satisfied with Nick and they're looking at this as well. And if you're watching our YouTube, you can see my air quotes, but um, yeah. So boy, I mean, just piling on to Nick <laughs> at, at the beginning of the week, I, this poor guy, like I hope he has a whole bunch of family and friends um, around him, but Max was on the same presser panel as Nick on Thursday and in typical, you know, I think this is a nice thing. Don't get me wrong, but Max gets accused of, of Max explaining a lot. And I feel like he kind of did go on and on and on about, you know, you're learning or, you know, we all have to learn. We, we learn from the mistakes. You just have to talk with your engineers. And once you have one good result, that's going to lead to the next one. Don't get too stressed. Like there's a whole article about it on, on F1. Um, Dot com, but Yuki was also saying the same thing. Like, you know, Nick's going to get there, but it just doesn't look like Nick might have a seat next year. <laughs> yeah, and Nick didn't have a good day today too. So a whole weekend, he didn't have a good weekend. So, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. get a chance, I don't want to necessarily go into this, but they did have Max and Yuki um, out there doing a uh, monster truck race in um, Austria, and it's really kind of cute. It's it's. It's fun. If you get a chance, you can go watch it on the Red Bull YouTube channel. Um, but Yuki won. So there you go. <laughs> Your national pleasure. <laughs> yeah. And then Mercedes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So this actually was another thing that was sad. But um, actually, it was a, a, a three-year-old boy has terminal cancer. And he was um, supposed to go to Silverstone to see Mercedes, his favorite team. And they realize like he, he might not be able to do that. He's really fighting um, the cancer. So Mercedes took one of their cars to him. And what I read online from somebody that was supposedly there, or her husband was there, was there was like 7,000 cars that came through. Like, I don't know if it was like a little parade or like people taking their, their fancy, not their fancy cars, but you know what I mean? Like people who maybe have like yeah. show cars or whatever. Um, but they brought the Mercedes car to um, 
right in front of their home. And unfortunately that little boy did pass away um, this week. So really sad, but I mean, major props to Mercedes for making yeah. that dream come true um, for them. Yeah. Just, yeah, that, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I, again, I do think that the culture at Mercedes seems to be pretty, pretty good. Um, Lewis also made a lot of news this week because he said that there should be a set date on the calendar when teams can start working on their cars for next year. Um, so basically I I'm assuming what he's saying is if you have a team like Red Bull, who's winning by 25 seconds, every race, they, they can start planning for next year, right? They can start working on their car. Whereas everybody else is trying to make changes now so that they can be competitive and they don't have, they don't have time probably to, to really be thinking about what, what do we need to do for next year? You can't design next year's car until you figure out what's wrong with this year's car and what's going to work. Um, so, but of course, like Christian Horner, Max, you know, they didn't like that. Max like, well, we weren't talking about that when, when Mercedes was winning all those years. Yeah, what I thought was interesting is there's been a lot of fans again that are talking about, oh, you know, you know, now that Lewis is losing, you know, he's complaining, blah, blah, blah. You know, Max didn't this, Red Bull didn't that, but then they dig up an article that in 2015 shows Horner saying, oh, it's unfair. The FIA should look into this dominance that that Mercedes has and they should look into this. It's like, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, I wasn't, you know, watching back then, but it was interesting to see that it go, no, it, it's it's not that way. So stop saying that just because they're dominating now that they didn't complain when they weren't dominating. Yeah, exactly. No, Christian Horner is a complainer all day long. Um, and, and you say Max is also <laughs> like in his car, especially. So I can't imagine for a second that they were not complaining, you, you know, whether it's publicly or even in, you know, privately yeah. within the, the principal chats or whatever. Like, no. Okay. Ferrari. They worked around the clock to get their upgrades ready. So they had new wing, front wing. Yeah, it was their wing. They were, to, in fact, F1 TV was talking about oh, yeah. how they changed the, the shape of the wing and then they worked on their floor. Yeah. It was pretty minute too. Like, but again, those minute changes are going to be make, they can make big changes on the track. Oh, I think this weekend it probably did. Um, and then Charles is talking about contract extensions with Ferrari. Yeah, they said they were. He was already starting to talk about that, um, which makes me wonder. I forgot about that. I wrote that down because they were listening to that. Makes me wonder about some of the stuff today in the race about what they were doing with Signs and Charles. I wonder if that week. has something to do with the extensions. Yep, and last week too. Last week too. So McLaren <laughs> also had upgrades um, this week, and. Wow. Um, definitely think those are paying off now i'll Absolutely. say this now but like this is a track that norris has always done well at he's been on the podium twice he he just nails it at this track all the time but for sure their upgrades help so they had a whole plethora of upgrades so a reprofiled floor floor edges which i always think is so interesting because who else had the edges um changed on their car might have been mercedes or aston martin not this week, but in previous weeks. So just those little things of like having your edge change can make a difference. Um, so anyways, those two things, side pods, the engine cover and the diffuser. 
And so like last week, um, wait, it wasn't last week, right? No, we had a week off last week in Canada, Logan, uh, Logan didn't get the upgrades for Williams. So in this week, only Lando's car had the upgrades. So, um, Oscar did not have those upgrades. So again, like we talked about last time, um, with Logan not getting the upgrades with Williams, want to make sure that it works. I think it worked. I, I think, think it worked. Yeah. I think and Oscar's going to get those upgrades. As slow as they started this year, you know, just kind of, I mean, like you said, it's a good track for him, but he, it was, I was pretty impressed, really impressed with them. And like in McLaren's got some stuff. It would be interesting to see how they do the rest of the, the rest of the season. I completely agree. And they have another upgrade coming in hungry. So, <laughs> They again, like Mercedes are really, and, and Ferrari are just putting their foot down and like, let's make these changes. But it's cool that, I mean, we can actually see it on the track. Um, the other thing that came out this morning um, is Lando lost the right to review his penalty in Canada. So that unsportsmanlike penalty, um, that would have put him back in the points. It doesn't surprise me. I was kind of like, I, I mean, I got up at five am to watch the um pre-show and i was kind of like i would have been ticked off if they had allowed lando or maybe reverse that penalty but you don't reverse that you know give that to signs back in australia <laughs> like, yeah. so i it wasn't surprised that that they didn't you know let him have that so um okay the other huge piece of news that came out on monday Not which feels so like a lifetime ago huh Maximum effort. <laughs> I love I love Ryan Williams. I'm Ryan Williams. Ryan Reynolds. I love him. I love him. Maximum, uh, maximum effort. That's the name of his, his his investment thing. Maximum effort. So I love it. So if you live under a rock, um, the investment group that Claire just mentioned includes Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhaney, I don't know how if you say it, and Michael B. Jordan have invested 200 million euros for a 24% equity stake in Alpine. So that values that team at 900 million euros. And I think a couple of weeks back, I had mentioned like the, the price of these teams is, is getting closer or at a billion dollars. Like the amount of money all of a sudden coming into this sport is insane. But one thing I I know a while, while, while back, um, I had mentioned I listened to a podcast with the Renault CEO, and he was talking about how they were committed to putting all this money into the F1 team, but also like the team has to perform. And then we know what he said before the Miami race and all of that stuff. So I think this kind of keeps that money pumping into Alpine, but without Renault having to be the main provider of that money. So I don't know. I think that is pretty darn cool. I think it's going to definitely help them get to the front, which is what they really want to see. Um, I also think it's kind of interesting. So if you don't know this team, this investment group, they have invested in other sports teams and Wrexham um, football team in England is one of their big ones because they finally got out of whatever league they were in and bumped up to the next one. And, and so I think there's a lot of hope for this, but the, the, that investment group actually tried to purchase um, or get a stake in um, a major league baseball team in the U S 
And I think it was the senators. I could be wrong, but I think it was the senators and it didn't work out. So then it was like, they jumped to F1. So I'm excited. I, I love, I mean, I'm a big Deadpool fan. Like I absolutely love Deadpool and I love Ryan Reynolds and just about everything him and Blake Lively. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a big celeb follower. You know that, but yeah, yeah. those two and how they just, this, cause me and sarcasm is sarcasm is just like, that's my second language. Yeah. Um, and what he does in just about every movie he's in, I just, I love it. And just, yeah. the, anyway, he's just to terrible. see him investing in this and the fact that we could potentially see him at races, which means I am going to have to be at that race. I'm going to have to be at any <laughs> race that he's at. I'm going to have to. There's a chance yes. to beat him. I'm going to have to I invest the money to be in that paddock. Like, I have to be in that paddock. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't wait to see them on the grid. And I think that Hollywood factor, I mean, some people are not going to like it. They already say there's too many people, you know, Hollywood names. But we don't know if they're fans or are not fans. What I think will be interesting to see is because they don't even have a quarter of a stake, like they don't, they're just shy of a full quarter um, of a stake in the team is how much input they have or how much, you know, they'll be able to influence anything in the team. But still, overall, I think it's amazing. So that is major, major news. Okay. For Williams, just really quickly, um, they announced that they're going to have a special livery for Silverstone and Hungary to celebrate their 800th Grand Prix. So 800. I know. And when you think about it, Monaco, remember how we said that was the 150th race for, for Haas? 150, 800? Like 100. <laughs> Just think about how many years that is. Like 800. We were talking, I think we're going to have to make Williams as our next team to spotlight. Just because oh, of the yeah. history that, that Mercedes was, that like Mercedes in and out, people are thinking they've been around forever, but they actually had stepped up for so long to be your yes. 800th Grand Prix. Uh, that's on my list. I'm, I'm, in, I'm researching them next. It's I mean, I, I kind of have a love for them in the way because it was Claire Williams and Claire and all that. <laughs> I, I, I definitely have to look at this one. I love Williams and I would love to have that deep dive into them. Um, so they started as a contractor back back in 78. They have seven driver championships and nine constructor championships underneath them. So definitely a big history. So what was interesting, the reason why they're going to do this livery at two races is because Silverstone should technically have been their 800th Grand Prix, which would have been perfect because they are an English based team, you know, English racing, all of that stuff. And so that would have just, I mean, you can't plan that any better, but because Imola got canceled, Hungary is actually their 800th race. So they're going to use it in England because it's technically, you know, like kind of their home race. And then they'll run it in Hungary for the actual 800th race. I can't wait to see it. It says that it pays livery. I'm going to read this part, but livery for their home race next week pays homage to the squad's British heritage and their late founder, Sir Frank Williams. Um, and then they're going to add a special emblem in Hungary, which I'm sure will focus more on um, the actual 800th race. But they have a whole bunch of stuff planned for Silverstone. Wish we could go there. I'm still dying to find out which golf livery one because <laughs> I'm obsessed. My thing is, I love the one-off liveries. Give me a special livery. Like, I love it. is because it's, it's fashion for the cars, Diane. You and fashion, you're just it's car fashion. So that, that's what exactly. you like Exactly. I love it. I love, love, love it. So um, 
just two other quick things. So we'll talk about this, uh, especially more towards the end of when we talk about the race, but Logan had the upgrade on his car this week. And I think, you know, based on the race, we can see how that turned out, but I would highly recommend that you, everybody like go to the beyond the grid podcast and listen to James Bell's interview on there. It was so interesting. And he goes into a lot of detail about, um, his, his, thoughts behind the smaller teams having more money in their cost cap. And it's so interesting because he talks about how infrastructure comes into play, um, you know, where you have the ability to like, say, cut your carbon or um, wind tunnels and that sort of thing. And a lot of teams, the bigger teams and Aston Martin, who we see moving into their new facilities this year, and they're talking about their wind tunnel is it's getting closer to being done. That money that was all spent before 2020, they are all benefiting. Whereas like, you know, a team like Williams, they don't have the resources in house to do things like cutting the carbon. So they have to outsource and they're paying three times as much because back in 2020, they didn't have the money for this. But like, you know, for Aston Martin, all that infrastructure that is going into place and we're seeing the results of this year was paid for prior to the Costco. So it's a super, super interesting interview. Um, and he really is very passionate about it. He goes into a lot of detail, but it makes so much sense what he's saying. Like, it just makes so much sense. There's no way for these smaller teams now that the cost cap is in place to, to be able to do these kind of things or to build facilities to allow them, um, to do some of the things that the bigger teams are doing. And so that, that distance as disparity is going to just get further and further apart. So no, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, on to the race weekend. Um, I know we said we're going to do much about practice, but I do want to call, call out that yeah. Max has complained about, did complain during practice. <laughs> you have to be on record every podcast about that. But he did. I've got it here. Max complains on tire grip. <laughs> Max is just trying to get it right <laughs> at the start. And there was, was we I, already started with track limits. We already started with a bunch of track limits during practice. I've got it in there. You know, Max was well, medium overtakes with fastest lap track limits. Signs yeah. track limits. There's track limits already starting during practice. Absolutely. And like, what do you mean? I, it's so hard to go. And even Max was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, da, da, yeah. Da. yeah. Yeah. He was complaining about that big time. <laughs> oh, and I did mark in there. I forget what he said, but I did say that Yuki is adorable during practice too, because he was saying oh. something really cute during, during, during practice. So I went, Yuki is adorable. Oh, <laughs> I wish I could remember it too. Yuki is a global treasure. I'm just telling you. He really is the cutest. Okay. It, let's go to Q1. So if you remember, Q1 was setting the grid for Sunday's race. Um, so like you noted, everybody was on soft tires. We had Botas spinning out almost immediately and track times oh being deleted like mad. God, I mean, you, you have some in here, but it's like, I mean, just start naming drivers and they probably had a lot of time to leave. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like Carlos and Max deleted Gasly, then it was reinstated, and then K-Max was deleted, and then Sergeant and Botas got identical times, and then Stroll was moving, it was like, 
it was crazy how many times. I mean, at the end, at the very, very end, after all the qualities, 47 times had been deleted. Yep. 47. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. Like, it's it, it just crazy to me. And after Q1 ended, they were still deleting lap times from five minutes before <laughs> it ended. It didn't change the drop zone, like, at no. all. But something um, at that time, when that was brought up on F1 TV, one of the commentators said something that you have been saying for a while. It's like, they're, they have cameras everywhere. Like, you have this technology. Why why is it, does it take so long to go through all of this stuff? And one of the commentators said, listen, there's other sports that utilize technology to immediately spot, you know, whatever it is. And he specifically referenced the Hawkeye in tennis. And if you watch tennis, I do, I'm a big tennis fan. You see the ball, you see, here's the line, right? Here's the outline. And they have a little graphic with the ball. Like it shows you immediately where it is. So why does F1 with all their money, all the money that's coming in, are they not investing in this type? And we'll get into more about how that was playing out today in the race. But how are you not investing in that? I don't exactly. I mean, come on, the whole Canada, remember, we were all held up because of all this, this the closed circuit TVs were, yeah. were offline with all the closed circuit TVs. And today's AI technology, it would be so easy to draw the lines and have the lines be able to judge where the car is and be able to see, did the entire car, all four wheels, go over the line yep. and be able to call it. And if you don't want it to be the the, the purveyor and it be the, the thing that judges it as, as the final say, it at least then has a human be able to pull it up and go, now you make the final decision. And all they had to do is make a quick click Yes, that's a penalty. No, it's not. Yes, that was out. No, it's right. not. And right. it's a quick yes or no. And then it just pops up on the screen. Yeah. And then it brings it up to the exact frame in the camera that shows all the angles. Like, so simple. Yeah. I could program that. Claire, you need to get a job. <laughs> Tell the FIA. <laughs> Tell the FIA, like, you need to be in on this. Because it's it's maddening. It's absolute madness. And, and you even go back to the podium where Fernando, remember, like, he was not on the podium. The or, yeah, or it was Russell. I don't even know at this point. It was Fernando. It was my man. But it was like, but didn't also they get? Oh yeah, they gave it to Russell, and then Russell took it, took the trophy back. Um, okay. Anyways, agreed. It's it's absolute nonsense. But out in Q one, we had Yuki, Joe, Sergeant, Kevin Magnuson, and Nick. And again, as we had mentioned earlier, Nick did not have a great um, first few days for sure. He was dead last um, to start the race today. Um, so in Q2. More times deleted. <laughs> yeah, more lap times deleted. But I think this is important to point out now. In, so you talked about practice and Max talking about getting angry about his lap times being deleted. Um, in Q2, Q1, he and Checo constantly having lap times deleted, right? And he was complaining about it. He is uh -huh. he was complaining about the track limits. This is Again. ridiculous. You know, we this yep. is this is a bad spot. He was complaining about I think turn 10. Well, nine and ten for sure, but 10, 10, yeah. 10 was I think where Max was primarily going out. Um, but 
Checo had all three of his fast lap times deleted for track limits. All three of them yep. in this. And it's so, it 348 left to get that time deleted and it put him at, at P15. Yep. So he was out. Russell was out. I mean, Russell was like a non-entity this weekend, honestly. Oh, what the heck? I was, was he like, even there? <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't see him in interviews. I didn't see him anywhere. Um, so Russell, Ocon, Botas, Piastri, and Perez all out. Um, and Perez and time, and at the end, Checo, Ocon, and Piastri's times have been deleted. So that's one of yep. the reasons why they were out, because their times are deleted. Because yep. of track limit. Insane. Absolutely crazy. For Checo, this was his fourth race in a row that he missed Q3. And I think five out of nine races that he's missed Q3. So even on Friday, the chitter chatter was going on about he needs to be replaced. Like I think it, that's what was shortly after that, that somebody posted like a an, an article from one of those like sites that is like, oh, you know, and next week it's gonna be Danny and an and an RP19, you know, and I'm like Really? I don't think no. so. No. Like, can we stop that. overreacting? <laughs> like, yeah. But Alba was looking good. I mean, I made know. it into Q3 again. Okay, so Q3, um, I, I don't even know what happened. Uh, it was like, I kept putting, this one's up, this one's up, this one's up. I was just like feverishly typing all the facts and, and how quickly people were moving up the and, and jumping ahead and it was yeah, amazing. It was amazing. And then, um, then Albon's time was deleted. Uh, poor Albon. He had a rough time and, and we could talk about a little bit later, but yeah. So it ended up on pole for Sunday. Max, Charles, finally on the, on the front row. I have to say, I was a little bit like, thank you for not getting pole. It just drives me nuts when he, when he gets pole and then it doesn't work out. Um, Carlos, who ha had a great Friday. He was looking really good, I think. Then Norris, who, like we said, he the, he loves this track. Um, and then Hamilton Stroll beating Alonzo. I think that Stroll hears the chatter about, you know, he needs to start stepping it up and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And he always seems to come back. So anyways, that was Friday. Then on to Saturday, the sprint shootout. Woo! Extra points, which some yeah, of the drivers really need. It started out, there was, there was a heavy rain overnight, so the track was damp. Okay, all you have to say, and I wrote this in here, is like F1 TV is doing that podcast, like WTF. What's up with Dr. Helmet? Like, <laughs> Helmet just does whatever he wants. He, he, he talks, out, he, he just like, he just comes out for people who don't have F1 TV. He comes out, he stares at the commentators who are sitting there talking. With their mics, and you know the cameraman's got a massive camera on his shoulder, right? Yeah. Massive camera. And the cameraman's looking over at him, and they're talking, and he's just standing at them like deer in the headlights, looking at the cameraman, looking at them, and it's just like, well, and just, do, 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 and just walked right in between them, right through the middle of the broadcast. And I'm just For the like, second time, yeah. I'm like, you... You know they're broadcasting. The, the, the drivers are required to do stuff. People, if they want to stop them, stop and talk to them. Like Christian stops and talks to them. Like, are you just that dense or just that much of a jerk? Yeah. Or is it? I think helmet DGAF. I can't say it otherwise. You're going to put an explicit on our. <laughs> on <this> <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> but he DGAF at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that, that one just yeah. kind of 
I, I so, sat there for a little bit going, I missed half what the commentators were saying for a couple of seconds. Yeah. I was literally in, in stunned. Anyway. Well, you and I, I think we're texting at that point. Because I'm like, yeah. what, what is happening? So anyways, they declared it a wet track because like you said, it had been raining. So they were able to utilize used tires. They did not have to go with the mandatory mediums in Q1 and Q2. And I had initially missed that because I was like, I don't even remember what driver it was, but a lot of them were on softs. And I'm like, why are they on soft? This is mandatory mediums. But then it was like, oh yeah, it's because it's a wet track, they are allowed to use used tires. Um, so some of them did. So a lot of them were on softs, I think. Um, so almost immediately my heart was breaking. And I was like, this is my I life. Can hear you screaming. I could hear you screaming from Berlin. Yep. Yeah. Friday. <laughs> Friday as a Ferrari fan, you're living the life and you're loving everything and it's great. And now Saturday morning, almost as soon as they, they left the pits and mind you, the, the qualifying times are, are shorter versus in a sprint qualifying or shootout than they are in regular. And so almost immediately signs is like, um, I have a break by wire issue guys. Can you check crickets? crickets nobody from ferrari responds so signs has to say like hey guys you know i'm waiting say something and then they finally were like yeah box go ahead you know box it I, i'm with carlos this weekend and he is he is too remember we don't want an explicit warning no i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> nasty um but wtf like what is wrong with with Ferrari's engineers, what is wrong with the communication? That is absolutely unacceptable. You have such a short amount of time to get a lap in and thank goodness, like this is one of the shortest, you know, laps on the, on the calendar, but still you have a break by wire issue and you're not responding to your driver. Hello. Absolutely insane. So he goes into the box, uh, into the box. He goes into the, into the pits, into the pits he goes. So yeah, it it was insane. So last and it was, time, he was in it for so long too. I was panicking. I was panicking I how was, long he was in there. I had so kind of long. resigned myself that he was not coming back out. I, know, I, I, I just know. Was like, well, we start at the back for the sprint today. Um, this he's not coming back out. There but so like, much going on, and then Max's time was deleted for track limits. So again, here we have track limits again, which sticks me so sus about today. But and Perez anyway. also, Perez also had lap times deleted. So yeah. not good. Called for calls impeding by Charles. He called out that he was got impeded by Charles. Charles did impede him though. He, he was right it. on the racing line and he was not on a fast lap. And so I, you know, like signs with with um Pierre in Canada. Charles was on the racing line and he wasn't going fast. So you know what? That was a good call. Um, signs, it was like a minute, a little bit more than a minute left. Comes out. out. And you know what? I had last night, I had to go back and rewatch because initially I couldn't hear on his out lap. He was so mad at his engineer. And so last night I went back to listen because I couldn't hear what he said. So, what the engineer um, said was uh, mode mode slow. I think it's, I, did I write that down? I don't know. Anyways, it was like mode slow, mode slow. And 
Carlos is like, no mode slow. No mode slow. You have, you have, he came out of the pit. He was leaving his, his pit box with one minute left. You have, yeah. there's no mode slow here. No, F you Ferrari engineer. And so he went on, he had one lap to do it. And he ended up in freaking first place. Yeah, he got the fastest sector. He cast fastest first sector, and then he got into first. He got first. Like, yeah. And I was like, whoa! He just came out like just. But he fired. he needed like, to tire and on new tires. I'm not new tires. Like the tires weren't warm yet. Like he just went out there and just blew it away and got the fastest first sector. Yeah, it would have been a travesty if he if he hadn't because. Like I said, on Friday, Signs was looking so good in practice, in quality. Um, for for him to have missed out on Q2, SQ2 or whatever, um, it would have been awful. But again, what in the heck are the Ferrari engineers thinking? Mode slow? No. And then after Signs said no, they were like, okay, one lap, one lap. <laughs> like, shut up. Just get off my radio. Um, anyways, so out in SQ1 was Joe, Piastri, Hamilton, Botas, and Sargent. So, um, I'm thing that Sargent's always out. Sargent's always out. Yeah, this was not a good qualifying for him. But Hamilton had a lap time that was deleted that would have had him into SQ2. Yeah. And Charles, who cannot drive that Ferrari in a mix of like wet, dry conditions. He said that after um, the sprint on Saturday, he cannot figure that car out in those wet, dry conditions at all. We've seen it in other races, but he was in by 0. 0.001 of a second. 0. 0.001. And then he got the impeding. So yeah. and I messed up. I saw the impeding thing over this morning. I was like, oh yeah, that was for yesterday. That wasn't today. <laughs> he That's did. why I did my pictures the way I did because I was like, I had my brain messed up. Yeah, but I mean, it was honestly the right call. So he had a three a three place grid drop for the sprint um, Saturday afternoon. But in SQ two, I think you noticed this when we were chatting while we were watching. But Russell reported a hydraulic issue right at the yeah. end of SQ one, and he yeah. wasn't coming out. No, yep, yeah. and he was just that was it because he he is like. Right at the big, it was like just as they were ending SQ1 and going into SQ2, he said, I'm having a hydraulic issue. Yeah. And they're like, it was like chaos was going on. And, and even the commentators like, he just reported a hydraulic issue. And he's like, yeah, went yeah. to the garage and he it didn't make was, it back home. No. So that was it for him. He, he was out starting 15th in the, in the sprint. Um, what I thought was interesting, again, we had constant lap times being deleted. And so with two minutes left in SQ2, you, your top three was Ocon, Verstappen, and Magnuson. <laughs> I just got a kick out of that because I'm like, what in the world? But it was because all of the, the lap times were just, just kept getting deleted, deleted, deleted. Um, well, did you see the thing with the, the car, the, with the, the, the tire not getting taken out of the way? And that, that yes. just Boom! And they're oh, like it's lucky nobody got hurt. Yeah, so that was Nico's Haas. He had gone into the pits, and the front driver tire guy was just kind of standing—not standing there. He was squatting down, but he had the tire still in front of him, and he was turned this way. Magnuson is going, you know, going out this direction, and you know how quickly they peel out of there. And 
the guy did not move the tire. I was shocked at how much air his car got. So I thought, much. Like, I thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to flip too. Me too. I thought it was going to flip. It was insane. It's just like, holy and, cow. But those tires are big. I mean, those tires are massively wide. Yeah. So, but, but still, I'm surprised the car didn't sustain any damage. Like, that's what just, I was just going to say. I was shocked because that is Haas's luck. Is like Nico's having this amazing, you know, qualifying session, and he would. That's that's Haas's luck that he would break his car in a pit stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but going to SQ three, and that's what I put all caps. Two Haas's at SQ three. Holy cow! Right. Two Haas's, the two Red Bulls, the two Aston Martins, and two Ferraris. Like, yeah. Oh it's, my god! Talk about a two by two. Like, holy cow! I thought I I thought two by two when I was. <laughs> watching but it was insane and hulkenberg like having another amazing qualifying like he can really pull the lap you know quick laps absolutely it's it is amazing um what else do we have like mercedes they're just i mean i i think all weekend i was kind of like mercedes is not looking good but then hamilton was like fifth you know, in qualifying the day before. So it's like they are, but they aren't. Yeah, I felt them and even Aston Martin were just kind of like almost phoning it in for the weekend. Like it's like their cars were carrying them, but they were just kind of blah. Like if it weren't for them having really good cars and really good upgrades, I don't know, something was off on both teams to me this weekend. I don't know what it was. Both teams were just, and they're both of my teams, but they're just a little meh. Something was a little, yeah, definitely off. I think like Lance, and when you look at where they finished and stuff, it's like, that's fine, but we're not used to them being fine, especially in the last, yeah. you know, few races. Um, and Lance had a good one, but Hulkenberg for sure had an amazing uh, qualifying. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Shootout. So then that's at the grid for the sprint. So it was Max, Checo, Norris, um, Hulkenberg, Sainz, Charles, blah, blah, blah. Um, okay. Sprint race. We talked about Charles had the three place grid drop. So, you know, what I thought was interesting is I guess the FIA actually came out and said that the communication between engineer and driver could be better. Because what I was thinking, and I meant to meant to ask you this yesterday because I didn't look it up, but this is an ongoing issue for Charles and Hobby. The communication. Javi is not telling Charles what he needs to know. And this is not Charles' first penalty this year because Javi is not telling him that there's people coming. Monaco. Monaco. Yeah. That's just one. I feel like it's happened, you know, more than more than that. That's what I wanted to look up. So maybe I'll look that up this afternoon. But um, I just thought this is uh they need to work this out. They have got to do this out. Um, but anyways, so you and I were chatting at the start of the race <laughs> with Botas on the inters when everybody else, oh, no, he was on mediums and everybody yeah, else. Everybody else was, yeah. Yeah. That was so interesting. I was like, and it's so slick. And then he's like, oh, immediately, you know, one lap in because he can barely hold on is right back into the pits. Like, yeah. They, they weren't even one lap in. They were on the formation lap. And they're like, yeah. box, box. <laughs> like, which it's sucks for the other drivers because he could oh, not get yeah. from sliding. And Max and, and everybody is up at the front waiting for, like, 
because Sergeant couldn't go around him, that would be a, an illegal move. And so, so here comes Sergeant finally once Botas went into the pits. I mean, horrible, horrible strategy. And that, to me, it feels so unfair to Sergeant too, because now he's stuck all the way back there. Yeah. You know, waiting on him. Absolutely. So at the get go, Max, who's normally really good off the start, <laughs> did not get a good start. Checo. I'm sorry. <laughs> Claire is loving that. Claire oh, is loving that. He pushed me. He shaved me. What's wrong with Max? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was good. <laughs> I may or may not have had a little bit of fun with all the memes. Even, even ESPN putting those two up. Like that's been like the meme of all memes the last couple of days. <laughs> Seriously though. Well, you know, we all know that Max, you know, he will do what he does, but if it's done to him, he gets petty as all get out. And, I know, I love it. So. Checo shoved me, pushed me off. And then Checo, what's wrong with Max? <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was, that was pretty good. Um, Hulkenberg though, making moves kind of at the beginning, moving up to second place. I was like, what's going to happen with this? But poor Lando. Oh my gosh. Poor Lando. Just like in Spain where he had an issue right at the jump, he immediately is at P10. I was watching after the third, you know, where they kind of were all bunching up at turn three, which was a huge issue initially. Um, and I'm like, looking for the papaya car. And I'm like, where's Lando? Where's Lando? I didn't even know until we saw the, when we were, you and I were talking, like, I got to watch the replay because I have no idea what happened. And then when the replay happened, I was like, oh, yeah. that's what happened. The anti, the anti stall. It's like, that's what happened. Because he just all of a sudden yeah, wasn't there. And then, yep. oh, there he is. Yep. It's like, where's Waldo? Exactly. <laughs> but he had to like when you watch the replay he had to slow down because the two red bulls that's when max was accusing checo of pushing him off and and then i think there was a couple other cars near him so he really had to back off lando did and so when that happens you're obviously your revs like they go they drop like crazy and so then the anti-style kicks in so you don't just completely come to a stop but apparently what happens when that anti-style kicks in is you have to like do the clutch and you've got to get everything going again. There was just nothing he could have done. So he, and all those cars bunched up right there. It, it was just like, okay, whatever. Um, yeah. The battle between Leclerc and Ocon though was pretty awesome. Like yeah. amazing. Ocon, I think he's a good defender. Um, I think he, he's always kind of elbows out and he, every time, Charles was trying to get past him. He was like, nope, not today. This <laughs> not weekend today. had a lot of good battles. I have to admit, this was like a fun weekend of battles. So we saw that both in the sprint and in today's race, that we saw a bunch of the, the battling. Which I, and it was nice to see battles without wrecks, too. To yes. see that like set strategy and... Um, you know, the back and forth and back and forth. It was, it was really cool to watch. Yeah. I thought, it, I, I thought it was amazing. There was a lot where I was holding my breath because that those wheel to wheel battles are so exciting, oh. but it's also like it's one false move and, <laughs> and it's over. So yeah, that's kind of crazy, but 
Um, speaking of battles, you had your Aston Martins kind of fighting each other. I know. I was like, what's up with that? That was an interesting one. Yeah. yeah. And then so later on, and K-Mag going after it at each other's too. Yeah. It, it was like lots of battles going on. Yeah, for sure. But then I thought it was funny what Stroll said. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting one. Me too. Uh, I should have. First time fighting, I was like, what's up? Yeah. I think I wrote WTF, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where I am like, so obviously Stroll was ahead of Fernando. Fernando, I think he was very generous in Spain, but I think he's, you know, wasn't necessarily wanting that to continue. <laughs> Um, the stroll in front of him. But I do think, like this is what I was saying earlier, is I think when people start talking about Lance and kind of dissing him and saying, like, you know, he needs to go, he comes back and, mm-hmm. you know, he, he gets in front of Fernando and it's like, you know, that that's it. Like, yeah, I I don't know. That was here, I mean, I, I know it's whatever F1 TV puts on, we didn't hear much from Fernando other than asking about the track drying at one point. And I'm like, why is he asking about the track drying? This would not be a good time for him to change his tires. Like, what was the point? The point's moot there. Like, yeah, just trying to get a feel feel for what the drivers are feeling, I guess. But I mean, at some point, what lap was it? 16, Russell did pit for slicks. At that point, they were kind of, you know, they were taking a chance. And what was funny is all of a sudden around lap 19 lap 20 i think the teams were watching george and a bunch of them got called in and this Mm -hmm. is where i lose my mind because i did not think that was a good idea for several of those cars like at all like i agree that in a second because i was losing my mind um but stroll around lap 17 he overtook Hulkenberg and you know I we've said this a million times like Haas is great on that one lap pace but they just start going backwards 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 once the actual race or in this case the sprint starts happening so he did good Hulkenberg did good he got points whatever yeah I think some of the pitting when they did was was stupid I mean, just no other good word for it like yeah, you, you that late in the race, it's in, and you're not gonna. I don't care that you went on slicks. I don't care where you were. You were not gonna get. You, 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 these people were not in cars that were fast enough to catch up the time they needed after a pit. Yeah, you only so there was only 24 laps in the sprint, and yeah. and most of these cars were pitting on lap 19 and 20, and it was cold, and it was still a little bit wet in some areas. How in the world are you gonna get your tires? to the point that they need to be to get back up. So Albon, that's where I was ticked. Last week, brilliant strategy, or last week, in Canada, brilliant strategy by Williams. Yesterday, horrible strategy. He was in sixth, I think I wrote down seventh, but he was in sixth place. And there was no way he was going to get his his spots back. He ended up what, like third, I don't even know where he ended up. 12th, 13th, 14th. Like he just started going backwards. Horrible. He would have absolutely had points if they had just left him out there. You only had five laps left. Yeah. 13th. Yeah. You only had five laps left. Just maintain it. Everybody's in the same, in the same position. And afterwards, Russell even said in one of his interviews that 
uh, if a lot of those cars hadn't followed him into the pits, they probably would have scored points. And I think that's 100% true for Albon. Absolutely 100% true. But it worked out in Russell's favor. So from the moment he went in, and he was back in like 15th or 16th place when he went in, and even I think when he came out, and then within minutes, minutes, we rewatched the end of the shootout yesterday. And I was like, just watch where Russell ends up. So all of a sudden he's, you know, what's 15, 16, somewhere in there. And then he's 11th and then he's 10th and then he's ninth. Like what in the world? He almost, almost caught Ocon at the very end. He missed out by 0.09 seconds. Yeah. 0.09 seconds to get into seventh. And from where he was just a few laps before. <laughs> that's, crazy. that's insane. But I, I think that in part, good move, obviously, by Mercedes, but all of those other teams pulling their drivers into the pits helped Mercedes get get a point. They got the final point in the shootout or in the sprint. Yeah, I'm sorry, point oh oh nine, point oh oh nine seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, I mean, just Crazy. go back and watch those last five or six laps and just watch the, the side and see where Russell was and where he ends up. Absolutely insane. And then you had Stroll and Alonzo battling it mm -hmm. right till the end. Craziness. Um, Piastri and Leclerc overtake Gasly. I mean, so much was happening. It was, it was insane. But... As soon as Max crossed the line, what does Mr. Petty Pants say to his, his people? Oh, yeah. After they congratulate him, whatever, um, he says, we have, we have to talk about what happened on turn one and lap one. Because he can't let it go. Checo pushed yeah. me off. We need to have a talk. Blah, 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 blah. But as soon as they got out of their cars, they kind of went off to the side, Checo and Max, and had a little conversation and Checo's story is he had no idea Max like was up beside him that quickly. He thought he was still slightly behind him and he did not know that he was pushing him out. Um, and Max said, he's going to trust that that's, that's what really happened. So they moved on. <laughs> Claire's rolling her eyes for those of you not watching our, our uh -oh. YouTube. But supposedly they I didn't hear that I roll on the, the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think too, like, so talking about, like you talked about Aston Martin battling each other, then you had, you know, the Red Bulls. For Ferrari, it was really, to me, Saturday, two very different cars. Like Signs looked amazing. He ended up on the podium. He was third in the sprint. Looked yeah. so good. He had that break by wire issue in the morning and, you know, started fifth and ends up on the podium and Charles, where did he end up? Like in, in the shootout, like 13. Yeah. He was 12th. 12th. Okay. So, I mean, horrible, horrible day. He ends up in 12th. He can't figure the car out and okay, started we'll today because today, Oh and, my gosh. And Charles started ninth. Yeah. So he lost spots, lost. He can't. So then, we have, then we have today today now today i don't even know how to talk about today so you, are, you, get a penalty. you get a penalty 
I have a penalty for you. Everyone gets a penalty. Practically everybody, but half the grid. I, well, half the grid, almost nine of them. Nine of them got track limit violation penalties. Reduced. And then you got two, even including a 10 second one. Who, Yuki? Yeah. Yeah. And Yuki got something. Didn't he get another one besides that? Or did they ever come back and say, remember the one that we were talking about? I'm not sure if they came back and said, well, because they were taking forever to get back to everybody else. Though. Yeah. So, you know. They're ridiculous. Okay. I, we have lots of opinions on that. So stay tuned. Um, <laughs> but to start it off, Magnuson and DeVries, who I think were at on the last row anyways, they ended up starting from the pits. K-Mag changed his suspension. DeVries changed his rear wing and parts of his power unit. So um, I think everybody was on mediums except for Alonzo and Botas. And this was the other alternate title I have for this podcast was something about tattletailing because everybody was on their radio telling on each other. Oh my gosh. Right. It's like, and, and Norris spent the whole time like, Oh, he's off again. Oh, he's off again. Can you tell him he's off again? He's off again. He's off again. Oh my gosh. Why was anyone tattletailing on Max? Charles wasn't yeah. close enough to see what was going on. <laughs> he wasn't. But I will say, Lando, I watched his interview after the race, and he said he had totally admitted. He said he was full on commentating about Hamilton's race. And he said he had gone off at least 20 times and had gone Hamilton had gone off in one lap five times, which right there would be a penalty. So Norris fully admits that he was all over that. But um, anyways, the beginning of the race was good. No. I thought. I mean, yeah, I thought so. Leclerc. I thought so. It was, nice, it was a nice start. I liked how it started out. Yeah, it was so good. Leclerc was aggressive. Hamilton was aggressive. Um, Hamilton got past Lando really quick. That's how Lando was able to spot. And all we ended up at, like, almost immediate yellow flag, though, because you, you – you could get hit the front of it get that tapped when it with debris on the curb and it started out with when the gravel that brings up the yellow flag it's like oh no that's not what brought up the yellow flag there was debris on the curb from the earlier hit yeah on his on his his front um his wing his front wing yeah yeah uh I mean this was just not Yuki's weekend I mean every <laughs> like probably by the time he was getting all of those those penalties. He's interesting. Just like, Lawrence was calling track limits on Lewis early, like lap seven. He was yeah. already starting telling him early. Oh yeah. I mean, the track limits were, were, were nuts all the way. Um, and, and early on you had the Ferraris battling each other. And oh, yeah. I, part of me sometimes hates when, when the teammates battle, cause it's like, you're, you're degrading your tires faster. Like, uh, but Signs definitely was the faster car between the two. And so he said, like, I, I want past Leclerc. And his engineer said, well, his engineer asked him about his pace and signs replied, I think you can see it. Like he was right up on Leclerc and they weren't, they were told not to. Attack. Not that they wouldn't let him pass it because like, if he's got the faster car, if he could yes. have passed it, he would have had the chance while the, while the gap was small to catch Max, yep. like, and obviously Leclerc couldn't do it. Nope. Obviously, 
So why not? If he's sitting there on his tail and they're just like, no, don't do it. Don't don't fight him. Don't chase him. Like, oh my gosh, why? I don't yeah. I don't understand. If you have a chance of P one, why not go for it? Exactly. And and I don't understand that at all. And and Carlos said something in his um interview after the race is that you know he feels that he plays the team you know the team game uh, that's not his word that's mine but he he feels like he's doing what the team asked him to do and he's not rewarded for it like he should have been at that point and granted like maybe Charles gets the pace later and you can you can switch the cars like keep the cars close but let the faster car through i don't care if it's science driving it or if it's leclerc driving it let the faster car through. Why are we giving priority to Charles? And maybe it has something to do with those contract negotiations. They want to keep him as their as their main driver. But Carlos was so strong on this track from Friday on. You should have let him through. Let him and see what a, he can do. Let he's him such a good strategist too. Like I just I don't I understand. He's, but he's so on it. He's very aware of what is happening. But I think you and I were texting about this during the race is like, what would have happened if they had let Carlos through? What would Carlos's race have looked like if at that point he had let, they had let him through? Now, I don't think, I'm not saying Absolutely. like Carlos would have, you know, been up there with Max. Max was still by the end of the race, 26 seconds ahead of everybody or uh, of ahead of um, Charles. So I'm not saying that he would have, you know, kept up with, with Max, but maybe you could have had both cars. Like, I don't know. Both yeah. both could have yeah. I have no idea, but um, yeah. Anyways, uh, Hulkenberg though. Oh my gosh. Guy. This is where I say Haas has like the worst luck because he's, he's was doing good. He was still up there. His car, his car lost power and it was smoking. And fortunately it, it really wasn't a big thing. Right. I mean, they did do a, a yellow flag, but they, he kind of just pulled off into an, an off yeah. ramp or whatever, but I, I couldn't help but thinking like, it's gotta be so exhausting for him on, on race day because his, he's got that great one lap pace in qualifying, but he spends all of his time defending the cars behind him and their tires, they're horrible as far as like, they can't stop them from degrading it seems faster than everybody else so i don't know if it's because he is trying to to keep everybody off and he has to defend so much because they don't have that race pace or what but it's just got to be exhausting he was probably happy to be done <laughs> i'm sure he wasn't i'm sure he wasn't they're competitors but so under the yellow flag virtual safety car a bunch of the teams in the midfield all pitted their cars yep. and when that came out though, it was too late. Max had already gone past the Ferrari. Ferraris had already gone past, but they were able to come back around still on the virtual safety car and they double stack Charles and Carlos. So here's my, here's where I get even more mad. You don't let Carlos buy when he has the pace. Then you double stack and you do a really slow pit stop with Charles. Super slow. I, yeah. Super slow. It was more than four seconds, right? So I think it was 4.3, 4.4 and 4.2. Um, then you get Carlos in there. So he's having to like slow himself down, slow himself down to kind of 
make sure that that double stack um, works out. And then Carlos comes in and I think his was 4.2. So another slow pit stop. Get back out there. Carlos is now in fifth place. Like, what? What? I swear later when he served his penalty, I counted. It was it was more than five seconds. Oh, I, I thought it was six too, which was funny because I wasn't going to say anything. But then you mentioned, like, I think they did a six second um, and waiting six seconds for the penalty. But when Carlos gets back out on the track, he's frustrated because he's like, why didn't we stay out? Super good question on my point. But some of the other commentators afterwards were saying, no, it was smart that they pit, that they did pit when they did because you know, who knows what Carlos's race would have looked like. But honestly, I don't agree with that. I think that Ferrari messed up Carlos's strategy all day, starting with not letting him in front of Charles. Then you mess up more with those crappy pit stops. So uh, I still am going to stick with other pits that are 2.4 seconds and you're doing a four second pit. That's just ridiculous. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. And, And you're double stacking them. And you're, you do that twice. Like, come on, come on. So horrible. So black and white flags everywhere. It was hard to even keep up. I was trying to take notes of who was getting um, penalties for track limits. Um, But like we said, nine of the 20 drivers and mind you really nine of 19 drivers because Hulk was out um, (laughs) early on. So nine of 19 drivers had penalties for Hamilton, Yuki, um, Signs, Albon, yeah. DeVries, Gasly, uh, Sergeant K Mag. Yeah. Um, all got for track for track limits. And then I think I'm missing one. But then um we also got DeVries got for uh forcing K Mag off and yep. Ocon got unsafe release. Unsafe release, yep. And then Yuki one for track limits, which ended up being a 10 second penalty. Yeah. And then also for Yuki, we don't know if he got that penalty um, for whatever that was. Um, (laughs) Like, hang on. I know I wrote it down someplace because I just had it. And then I was like, oh, shoot. I don't remember what it is. Anyway, so there might have been more. But I mean, penalties galore. But I will say, like, there, you had said all weekend, great battles. Like Norris battling with Hamilton, that was another awesome little battle on track. That was maybe oh, like, that was crazy. That was awesome. And I'm like, go Norris. I love to see that. He finally overtook Hamilton. Absolutely incredible. Um, drivers left and right, what they were telling us, the engineers are on <laughs> all pretty much all the driver's radios telling them stay within track limits. We've got warnings, even Checo's engineer a couple of different times was telling him you need to stay, you know, on track. You've got to stay um, in place. And you kind of mentioned the battle between K mag and Nick DeVries where DeVries got that penalty for, um, for pushing Magnuson off. And, what I think is interesting is these two have been at it for a couple of races now. Like in Canada, it was the same thing where they were wheel to wheel. And then you had Nick lock up and they had to go into that straight area in Canada and, and Magnuson had nowhere to go. And not only did we have Nick pushing Magnuson off today, 
But a few laps later, they were again, wheel to wheel. So I just kind of wonder if these two are going to continue to do that the rest of the season. It's kind of fun to watch, but I mean, K-Mag doesn't like it, but <laughs> it is fun to watch. Here's an interesting thing. I was just checking to see if I could just confirm all the track penalties. Aston Martin has lodged a formal uh, protest and there's a hearing going on um, at, about it with the FIA. Um, the stewards have confirmed over 100 track limit violations occurred during the race. Um, many of these were registered at the time and penalties for multiple infringements um, were handed down to seven different drivers. However, Aston Martin believes that other drivers committed infringements went, that went unpunished. And so they've lodged a formal protest that it was not handled out fairly across all the drivers. And it's currently, there's a current hearing going on right now. Good. I love that Aston Martin's people are all over this. Because remember- and none they, of their drivers were penalized. They're doing this because it should be fair across all the drivers. Absolutely. And this is something that you and I were talking about before we started the podcast is, isn't it odd that Red Bull, who was getting lap times deleted in practice, in qualifying, in the shootout, in the sprint, miraculously was not, well, Checo got a black and white flag with what? one lap left. One lap left. One yeah. lap left. One lap. And you could see him going off the track constantly. Absolutely. I am so glad that Aston Martin is doing this because there's no way, and I'm not saying that they, that they weren't getting dinged because clearly, you know, they were, but I think a lot was overlooked and for sure Checo should have had a black and white flag. A hundred percent should have had a black and white flag. So that's going to be interesting whether or not that will change the podium. I don't know, but I was, I think I was telling you when we were talking is, Ferrari should be looking at every single lap that is happening because signs should probably be in third. Absolutely be in third. So I'm glad Aston Martin is on it. Yeah, Good that's time. cool. Oh, interesting. It was at 6.30 local time. And I think Austria is the same time as me. And it's 7 o'clock here as we're recording right now. So we might have well, to do an update after we're done recording as to what the, the hearing results in. Yeah, that's good. Okay, then we'll post about that. But I will tell you, Aston Martin, they have a lot of um, experience in their in their team. And just like with that that race where they brought a whole like here's all of our proof that you did not give the you know penalties before for this and, and Fernando was able to get back on the podium. I'm sure they put their ducks in a row and they have proof. So why the Ferrari people weren't in on that, like I don't know, but Good for Aston Martin. That is all I can say. Because even the drivers were like, this is crazy. Hamilton was on his radio so much complaining about it. Um, complaining, you know, is anybody else getting penalties? Is Blah, blah, blah. Toto for the second time. And Toto does not come on the radio that often during the races. He got on the radio and was like, we know the car is bad. Please drive it. Please, Please drive it. He was, he was not having it. He was, he was over so it. over it. And I don't blame you. Like, yes, everybody, you know, everybody else is going off and you want it to be fair. But at the same time, you've got to focus on your race. You just worry about you. Um, but I can't believe you said just in this race, there was over a hundred penalties for track That's limits. Hundred, over a hundred track limits, over a hundred violations. 
That's amazing. That is, it's, it's actually ridiculous. And I'm usually one that's like, listen, drivers, you know where the white line is. You're told in. Yeah, the, 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 stewards confirmed, the stewards confirmed over a hundred track limit violations occurred during the race. That's insane. That is insane. So and to balance that out of over a hundred, how many does it take to judge a penalty? How is it only seven drivers then? Yeah. So five gives a penalty. So seven times five is 35. If there was over a hundred, then how is it that we only had seven drivers with a penalty and one twice? That would be eight penalties. That accounts for 40 of them. Yeah. Unless they're hmm. going to say amongst those eight drivers, like Hamilton, if, if, um, you know, what Lando said is to be believed. He was off, you know, 20 times. There would have been an extra, we should have been extra penalties, just like Yuki got. He got yeah, penalized. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That, they, I think they have some answering to do. <laughs> For sure. To make it fair. They've got to make it fair. Unless, it oh, has to be fair. And, and there's a lot of stuff that goes around about how Red Bull doesn't get penalized for stuff. And there's a lot of jokes that go around. So now I can't wait to get off our podcast so I can go look at comments. Because there's a lot of jokes about like, oh, Christian Horner sending catering over to, you know, the FIA and the stewards for, you know, overlooking, you know, the penalties. So I think that'll be interesting. And like really quickly, I do kind of want to get get to that. So let's just very quickly finish up. The I other battle. Really oh my gosh, this is so I much. Know. And we have to talk about Silverstone. But this is major. So well, the penalty stuff is major. So we'll get back to that in one second. But I do want to call out the battle between Carlos and Checo for third. That was some amazing driving. Carlos ultimately couldn't defend it, but like, holy cow, that battle. I was on like my knees, like, come on, do not like hit each other. I don't want to see either car go out that way. But yeah, absolutely insane. And then on the last lap, Max had to pit to get soft tires so he could get the fastest lap. I know. Had to. And, you know, so he was 20 something seconds at 26 seconds or something ahead of um, Charles. But it's like, why? Why take that chance? I mean, I guess you have enough faith in your your pit crew that you know you're going to get in and out. And he did. It was like 2.4 seconds or something. Super fast. And he got the fastest lap um, and still finished two, almost three seconds ahead of Charles. But like, why? 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 For that extra point? Like, you couldn't just... I don't even know if it's for the point. I think it's more about he wanted everything. He wanted yeah. the pull for qualifying. He or yeah, the pull for the race. He wanted to do that for the. He had pull for the shootout. He had won the sprint. He won the like golly Moses. He won it all. Yeah, he won it all. Yeah, but Lando. Okay, going back to the penalty. So Lando did an interview, and he's just the cutest sometimes. So he was voted driver of the day which I thought was great. He finished P5, amazing, another good finish. He's so cute because he he's, when they told him that on the radio, they're like, you're driver of the day. He's like, oh, that's cute. He's like all the papaya fans here today because just referencing and joking about all the Red Bull fans that wear orange for Max, but he's adorable. And he said in his interview, um, driver of the day is basically race winner. So like, I like that he has a good sense of humor about it. But so he and Pierre kind of were doing a joint interview and they were both saying that the 
that, oh my God, I wish you could see this right now. There's like two, four, six, there's probably like 20 quail that are running across my yard. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening right now? I wish I could turn, oh, there's still more. Hang on, straggler. They're, all the babies are growing up and I swear to God, that was, oh, there's another one. 20 to 30 quail just ran across my front yard. <laughs> Anyways, the joys of living in the desert. Anyways, they were saying like the trap limits, like that is just wrong because sometimes you're just a millimeter over the line. And that was the case when, uh, when Carlos got his penalty, his five second penalty, he was barely, barely, barely on that white line. Barely. I swear one of them, the one that he got the penalty, one of his wheels wasn't. Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree. But then Alex Albon came on and I thought he great, gave some great insight into these penalties. So he said, the FIA is so slow in giving notice. So um, Alex heard about his first um, penalty or not penalty, but his first notice at lap 20. And he was like, oh, all right, I'm not doing so bad. I guess I'm doing okay. By lap 23, he was officially given a penalty. So he's like, there is no time to react he did pull back he said after lap 20 he kind of pulled back a little bit but had no idea he was that close to getting an actual penalty he's like uh -huh. there's no time for us to react the fia is 15 laps behind um and according to albon the fia has said they don't have enough people to monitor this so full circle this goes back to our conversation about you know having the technology using yep. something like they do in other sports to be able to quickly see this. Um, I, I mean, I just think that is absolutely wrong. And to not have it be applied fairly, it, it's just not, it's not okay on so many levels. I, I can't imagine what those conversations are going to be like with the team principals and the FIA when they have their meetings next week before Silverstone. I'm sure the drivers are going to bring it up because they already weren't happy at all. So. Yeah, I, I, I think, think it's, I, I I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. I, it'll be interesting to see what the results are of today's um, hearing. I, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be watching it like crazy to see me, what happens. Me too. But overall, like I really enjoyed this weekend. I thought, minus all the stupid track penalties, I thought there was a lot of great battles. Um, you know, I think the sprint and stuff was a lot closer than maybe we thought it might be um, even early on. Like, I don't know. I just thought this this week was a lot of fun to watch. Definitely not a dull moment at all. Not at all. It was, it was, crazy. It was so crazy. Yeah. So we'll keep we'll keep you all posted. Um, well, by the time you hear this, <laughs> it'll all be done. But <laughs> that's OK. Yeah. We'll probably post on our Instagram before the podcast comes out. Oh, comes yeah, out. I'm sure because <laughs> I well, I'm not going to do anything else today, but keep refreshing, refreshing. Um, okay, so next week we have Silverstone. So the second of our four races in five weeks. This is another oh, race I would mention that Joe was actually in Berlin. Oh, yes, Joe, the Beyond the Grid stuff. There wasn't a whole lot, but Joe was in Berlin um, attending the Special Olympics and handing out uh, some medals and and stuff there, which I love. I think the Special Olympics is a is a great organization. Um, way, way, way back in the day, I used to coach gymnastics for a team in San Diego. And it's amazing. So I love that Joe is out there um, working with those athletes as well. 
amazing. Um, All right. Okay. Silverstone, another race I would love to get to one day. It just seems like an absolute blast. So we've got 52 laps, two DRS zones. It's one of the fastest tracks on the calendar. So we're just leaving a fast track, <laughs> going straight to another one. So hopefully we see a lot of the same, you know, types of battles and and everything. Um, there's two really, really good overtaking spots, Village Corner, which kind of like leads into the DRS zone. Um, there's two, I don't know why I wrote down two areas. That's that's one area. The detection zone right before Maggots and Beckett's um, is another great area. Cars can do over 200, I don't know if this is kilometers per hour or miles per hour. It's gonna be um, miles per hour because it's usually 300 kilometers per hour. Yeah, I'm guessing. Okay, so down the hangar straight um, during qualifying. So I think hopefully qualifying will have another exciting one. Um, last year at Silverstone, it was a... This is what the one he was upside down, right? Joe was upside down and that one on the first first lap. Um, terrifying, absolutely terrifying. I was beside myself when that when that happened. Um, Carlos actually won his first race there and then followed by Checo and Hamilton. Um, but that's another one mm. of those Ferrari uh, things where they were trying to have Carlos stay behind Charles. And Carlos was on fresher tires. Car- Charles was on very old tires. And they were telling him, nope, Carlos, we want you to stay and defend um, and keep a gap between Charles and everybody else. And he was like, stop inventing. It's one of the best quotes like ever. Stop inventing. Like, don't ask me to do that. And sure enough, like Charles, he couldn't keep up. His tires were old. So he ended up fourth. Um, but very exciting race last year, I'm sure. This year will be another very exciting race. Cannot wait. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There was so much to talk about and I feel like we didn't even get to half of it, but like, it, it was a crazy, crazy day. Crazy yeah. day. All right. Well, really like we said at the beginning, it was going to be a long ride. Appreciate everybody sticking it out and we'll be updating when you guys will hear this after all the stuff hashes out from the penalties so hopefully we'll find out but you get a penalty i get a penalty everyone gets penalties penalties for everyone <laughs> all right well that was fun yeah we'll see, see you all next week, week for silverstone yay see ya bye 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 and we're back we weren't completely done because it's now several hours after the race and we have an update to the aston martin uh, challenge to the uh, track limits and wow it's and you get another penalty and you get another penalty we have more penalties change in race standings change in constructor cups points driver points all right diane i know you've got opinions i've got opinions quickly we're gonna add a couple more minutes to our podcast yes keep that little seat belt on here we go so many opinions because I find it very odd that when they came back Mm -hmm. after, I believe they said they had to review 1,200 track limit violations, um, they came back and the same seven or eight drivers who had received track limit violation penalties during the race are the only ones who got additional penalties. Yeah, came back, didn't get an additional one, but all the other ones said, you're right. But no one else, no new drivers, 
no new drivers. The ones who had them and and some doozies because we have Ocon has 30 more seconds, 30 more seconds at it. They hate him. They after <laughs> Australia or whatever the that race where he just kept getting penalty after penalty. Oh my goodness. Carlos with 10 seconds, Lewis with 10 seconds, Pierre with 10 seconds, Alex Albon with 10 seconds. Esteban had 10, 20 seconds. Is that right? Because he already had some during the race. So 10, 20, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. 10. Nick DeVries, 15. Yuki, another five. It so it changed up the order, completely changed up the order. So it moves signs down to six, moving Lando up to fourth, Alonzo up to fifth. Uh, Russell and Hamilton swap places. So we have Russell to seventh, Hamilton to eighth. Stroll and Gasly switch places, moves Stroll up to ninth, Gasly down to tenth. So that's all our at least point changes. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. Because, like you just said, it changes points for the drivers. So there, you know, there's differences there. And then also for the constructors. Yeah. I mean, it, everybody had a change. Now, I don't think. I, I can't imagine, especially Checo, and I love Checo, but we were seeing him on F1 TV going over that line, and I cannot believe he only supposedly had three track limit violations in that whole race. And yeah. same with Cheryl. Same with Cheryl. Yeah. yeah, especially statistically. Okay, statistically, in the qualifying, three of the 47 laps that were deleted were Checos. Three of 47. And you're telling me out of the 1,200 possible issues, that it came down to all of those ones that were marked as that they had to penalize post race, that there were only those seven drivers, no other new drivers were added into it. And Checo and Max were none of them, even though several of their laps, including three of Checo's were deleted during qualifying. Yeah. I find it insane. And when you have 1200 and this does not add up the eight drivers that, that got the additional penalties, and even when you include the penalties, the lap times during the race, you still have to have hundreds of lap time supposed potential violations that resulted in nothing. Hundreds yeah. of them. There has to be hundreds of them. How is that possible? Yeah. yeah. Well, they're saying there's 1,200 potentials. So maybe none of them, they're saying that some of those weren't actual violations, but still totally get it. Totally get that. There should have been more drivers. Should have been more drivers, and not just those seven or eight drivers. I mean, there's just absolutely. There's that's what I'm saying. Is there, you know, of the 1,200? Yes, totally get that. There's got to be some in there that were not track violations, but that many of them because we don't have anywhere close to with with these eight drivers. We don't. So I, I know we've mentioned this before because online reading all the comments as this news started to come out fans are mad they're mad they're saying FIA is a joke F1 is a joke this is ridiculous it was four and a half hours after the race when we finally got this information um and I think at this point we've said before the FIA needs to be transparent in how they are determining these penalties and I think kind of in a situation like this you need to release a spreadsheet we want to see every driver's name, who got a penalty for a lap violation, what corner it was on, and what lap. Because honestly, those internet super sleuths that have all day to figure stuff out need to go through and rewatch the, the dash cams from every driver 
and determine if that's correct or not correct. <laughs> It'll be interesting. All right. Well, we wanted to come back on. We're going to wrap up the podcast. So when we publish on Tuesday and you guys are hearing us, we'll have the most up-to-date information. So thanks again for sticking around for the extra bump of the road on this ride. We do appreciate everyone. Wow. Just wow. Just wow. <laughs> well. All right. Thanks, all. Bye. See you again. Bye for sure this time. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Mm-hmm.